Spoiler in time, my friends. If you watch Cord Killers, our other show, you know that we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to watch things, where you can watch things, what are the services, what's happening in that world. Then we get to watch them and talk about them here. This week, we're going to spoil Better Call Saul, the series finale, episode 13 of season six, What We Do in the Shadows, season four, episode seven, and the premiere of She-Hulk. I'm Tom Merritt. He's Brian Brushwood. Yeah, but more importantly, we're joined by Bill Meeks of the brand new podcast, Where I'm From. Hi, guys. How's it going? Long time no speak. Uh, oh, <laughs> they're laughing at you. Uh, 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 Tom, how, uh, what order do we want to attack these beasts in? Well, when Bill uh, asked to be on the show, he specifically said, I don't want to talk about anything but Better Call Saul. If you make <laughs> me do cord killers, I will. I refuse to speak. Uh, but thankfully, we talked him out of that. We uh, we got him to, to do cord killers and talk about the other uh, shows on Spoiler in Time today. But uh, to honor that original request, let's start with Better Call Saul, Season 6, Episode 13, Saul Gone. It's all gone, y'all. Get all it? Gone, it's man. all gone. It's all mm. gone because it's over. Oh, there's no more show. Yeah, it was, uh, oh. Not bad. You know, yeah. Two it's different good, series. I mean, the guy's name seasons. is based on a bad pun. Why not end the mm -hmm. series based on a bad pun? Uh, Brian, you nailed it that we stayed pretty much black and white. Uh, with some notable exceptions uh, to, to you know, dis describe the color, how did you feel about Saul's ultimate fate and how he got there? Um, I loved it-ish, and I have a question for you guys. Um, so so uh, as a gesture, I thought it was absolutely wonderful that Kim Wexler straight up confronted him and said, if you are the person who at one point I loved, you will accept responsibility for the monster you became. And yes, he very over-theatrically did it. And yes, I do find it hard to believe that somebody in a grand gesture would accept 85 years of imprisonment when he has a sweet deal for seven years, possibly involving ice cream. But, um, but, but he's also a cartoonish character which makes that okay with me, which brings me to my question to the panel of, was it in any way a setup job when he said, don't throw me in that briar patch, whatever I do, don't put me in supermax, they'll eat me alive. That's the one thing I'm afraid of. I want a minimum security place. But then when we see him there, we see him doing the job that he did at Cinnabon, and we see him universally beloved by all of the slime bags that he uh, okay. defended Citizens. in his career. In prison, in prison citizens. Convicted criminals, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. justice. Look, he's, he's in the favor of the cartel. What do you want? But, but, but my, my point being, like, uh, uh, do you think that to some degree that's what he wanted all along, or do we think that that really was some weird sweeping atonement gesture that he was making. I, I honestly took it as he realized that Kim had come clean and he couldn't live with the guilt of skittering away like a cockroach uh, one more time. Uh, and I think, you know, from the storyteller's perspective, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, they've always very much been stories about uh, people getting karma 
back for the actions that they take. And I think this was the, but at the same time, Jimmy's a very endearing character. So I think this was the only way to sort of give him a happy ending where he ended it on his own terms without the audience thinking that, you know, he, he didn't get what he deserved. You know, he got what he deserved, but he also got what he wanted in some ways. Yeah, I I don't think because of the way they presented him on the bus that he had a plan all along. Because on the bus, mm -hmm. when they started to go, wait, aren't you Saul Goodman? He didn't say, uh, am I? I don't know. God, yeah, it's me. And he, and you know, you're right. He, he also did not seem instantly pleased that they were yeah, chanting he didn't his name. Welcome it. Yeah. He yeah. looked like he's like, just leave me alone. Like, I, I don't know what you're going to do with that information. And I'm, I'd, I'd rather just, you know, keep my head down and, and make it through without being noticed. Uh, so it's a little bit of, you know, uh, he paid it forward. Uh, he he, mm -hmm. he helped people, and in his time of need, those people were able to help him. Uh, I took the 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 turnaround on on the stand where he he plays you know a bunch of uh, hijinks with the judge, and then you know implicates himself uh, as a grand gesture in the grand tradition of Saul Goodman, but underlining that pretty much his entire Saul Goodman persona was a rebellion. It began as a rebellion against Chuck and was fueled to its heights as a rebellion against Kim. Uh, you, mm. you don't, you don't love me enough. I'll show you. I'll be, you think I'm a bad person. I'll be the worst person. And in the end, he became Jimmy McGill again. And I really do feel it may be oversimplifying it, that this story is breaking good. Uh, whereas mm. Walter White was a good person who just couldn't stop himself from becoming bad. Uh, Jimmy uh, was a bad person who, in the end, couldn't stop himself from becoming good. Before I turn everything over to Bill, um, maybe this is too on the nose, but I, uh, it has to have occurred to somebody working on this finale that all of the flashbacks to moments like when he's taking care of Chuck uh, for with no ulterior motive, just trying to be a good person. And other times he's just taking the cheap road. It only, I'm ashamed to admit, at the end realize, oh, of course, these, this timeline, this ending has been represented in shades of gray, you know, mm -hmm. and he ends mm -hmm. up in a place of, of I, 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 I don't know if, if, if that's too cheesy and on the nose or not. I, I definitely think, you know, I, I love the, the thread of the, the time machine story and the, his questions to these three really important figures in Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman's life about what would you do with time travel and how it is about regret. And uh, to kind of illustrate that, they take us back to uh, three moments that Jimmy McGill probably regrets more than just about anything when he finally fell in with the cartel. Uh when everything went down with Walter White, you know, and uh, the last chance really he might have had to connect with his brother before the events of season one started up. I just, uh, I don't, it's just such a fascinating character study that I, I don't think any other show that didn't have the lead up that Breaking Bad gave this show would be able to pull off because I don't think they'd be able to keep an audience for six seasons 
you know, starting with the goofy lawyer show and bringing it down to this really fine, almost novel like character study here in the last few episodes. And I adored again, it's kind of like we're all saying like, maybe this is cheesy, but man, for me, they pulled it off. I adored mm -hmm. that Kim comes to visit him because he has done the thing that she wanted him to do and so maybe restored some faith in her. Uh, and they do their same old thing that they've been doing since episode one outside of HHM uh, on the balcony outside their apartment when they live together. They light up a cigarette, lean against a wall, and you get that little bit of color in the flame at mm -hmm. the end of the cigarette that shows like when his life was color, when the thing that brings color to his life was Kim. Uh, and there's maybe still a spark of that left. Let, let me kick this to the panel. And most importantly, to anybody who wants to write us at corekillers at gmail.com. I cannot think of a single long-term arc that begins with a cartoon character that ends with such depth that I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, like, it may be out there and we're just not thinking of it, but yeah, this is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, and it's Bryce, like you, you can... hated it, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great. I really enjoyed reading a lot of the kind of exit interviews that they've done with the staff. I think uh, mm -hmm. Racy Horn's interview with, I want to say it's Vanity Fair Variety, is really great. I love reading her talk about her work because she really prepares for her craft. The, the scene a few episodes ago where she's crying on the bus, she said, oh, yeah, you know, I had to get a lot of stuff prepared at a time because we shoot so many angles on this show. I would have to be prepared to do it like 30 times. I couldn't just, you know, gin it up a couple of times. And apparently they only shot it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there's a lot of dedication and um, uh, a lot of thought that goes into these to these characters and portraying them in, in, in a good way. Um, one thing I hadn't realized until I read one of those exit interviews is how many women are a part of Jimmy's fate in this episode. The judge mm. is female. The uh, the Albuquerque DA who calls Kim is is the female uh, prosecutor. The, the widow of Hank Schrader. Uh, yeah, the, we had Marie uh, who kind of pushes uh, Jimmy's emotional buttons and is his emotional tensile strength. Uh, I I was I didn't love it in the moment, but as I keep thinking back on it and as I've watched it a few times, I really really dig it. It is it is a complicated un it is an ambiguous ending to a show that was always a little ambiguous on what is good, what's bad, what's justice, what is vigilantism. Um, it's it, it's hard to say, like, there's a moral other than speedy justice for you. Well, and uh, one thing I truly believe is that Saul, that I believe Saul believes, I believe that we, the viewers, are meant to believe, uh, is that Saul is better off and more at peace in Supermax than he was on the run at Cinnabon. It certainly seems that way. Because he, Chuck was right about him. He's irresponsible. And mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't have to be responsible in Supermax. He, he has very little uh, that has to be under his control. Well, and, and uh, I'm going to guess that what conflicts he deals with is probably being an arbiter between disagreements yeah, between he's prisoners naturally good at he's going to yeah. be a communicator he's going to be somebody who represents uh, every, he's probably going to be well respected and i mean it's 
in a weird way, he's where he belongs. Yeah. It, it sounds cheesy That's to say it, you know? Yeah. I, I can see him having a future, you know, helping his fellow prisoners, you know, do their appeals and things like that. Like, Stop doing your Vince Gilligan imitation, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> no, but I, he, he's not going to stop being a lawyer. I, I don't think he's just going to stop being Saul Goodman and go I back could to totally being Jimmy McGill. I could totally see yeah. that. They're, they're, they're at lunch and he's like, what do you mean? You didn't even appeal the, you, your lawyer mm -hmm. didn't tell you about the, oh my God. Okay, good. We're going to the library first thing tomorrow morning. It's slow justice for you here. <laughs> you know, one bit of his lawyering that did break my heart in the episode though, was in the Walter White flashback where Walter White, you know, he breaks down all the stuff that happened between him and Gray Matter. And Jimmy's like, you should have come to me. I could have helped you figure that out. Cause that was like the whole like inciting incident uh, that, you know, kind of made Walt the way he is. I mean, the whole thing could have turned that, out that, differently. That, 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 that launched the dark cancer that ate him. I mean, not the mm -hmm. actual cancer, but but the moral cancer. Which one is the good cancer? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but clearly the moral cancer it's is like the, the worst healthy one. cholesterol, <laughs> yeah. but cancer. <laughs> what did you guys think about the final sequence where Kim is walking out through the yard for some reason, and they have this mm -hmm. extended distanced gaze between each other um and and he shoots her the finger guns one last time how do you guys feel about that uh Very i thought ridiculous. it was an odd gesture but in moments like those where i think it's pretty clear she never sees him again and really? he doesn't know what to say so you just do something silly and it, uh, i've had friendships where you know i've moved away or whatever and i look back 10 years later i'm like that was a really weird last thing I said, you know, uh, I, I think it was one of those kinds yeah. of things. They almost didn't use that sequence. Uh, they shot it, but they almost didn't. They mm. almost chose to end it just in, in the cell. I think I would have preferred that. I would have liked that sort of ambiguous ending. Uh, mm. But I, I, I don't think this is the last time they see each other necessarily. It may be, it may not. I, I think it just showed that uh, there's distance between them, you know, literal and figurative, uh, but that there's still a connection. They still have history and it kind of leaves it up to your imagination as it would have if they hadn't included it, what their future is going to be. Okay. You know, that whole shot, the setup with the distance and the barriers between them and everything, e even the scene before that in the room with them smoking against the wall, I think these those those are specific callbacks to, you know, film noir, which is always something that Jimmy and Kim bonded over, mm -hmm. was these old look, sort of dark, depressing dramas that oftentimes involved prisoners or going to prison. And eventually at the end of their story, they've even cast themselves in one in this last couple of scenes so I, I don't know I, I thought it was beautiful and i thought it, it only worked because it was jimmy and kim in the history we know they have i would love to believe that in a few years there's some accounting uh mishap that kim can't account for and so to solve it she goes and she visits him in supermax and they wheel him out with a face guard uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and he says, hello, Kimberly. <laughs> we no. need you to solve a, a missing person's case. Speedy justice it, for you. Think about speedy it. Speedy justice for you, Kimberly. And he calls himself him Saul first. Goodman again because he thinks men taste good. Yeah. <laughs> I see you came to the Cinemaster for your Cinebondsman. 
This is we're we're losing relatability on this. (laughs) Don't care. We're shrinking the Venn diagram. This is the equivalent of the finger guns. (laughs) Oh, you I I I saw this about the finger guns thing. Apparently, they shot a version where Kim does the finger guns back and didn't use. Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. and they didn't use that. And they didn't use it. Uh, that's probably yeah. right because I, I liked I liked her reaction being am, ambiguous, you know, and him kind of half-heartedly saying, "Hey." Although, if you do watch her right hand, it does just kind of pop up about half an inch, like she wants to do it, but she's she's not going to do it. Mm. So, so the, mm. the the heart was there, but the the body wasn't falling. <laughs> they, they also shot a version where she had real guns, and she. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! <laughs> decided not to use that one either uh Uh, congrats uh again i want to double down if anyone could think of a cartoon character that became so in-depth uh i would love to hear about it yeah how could they do that cordkillers at gmail.com thank you last thoughts on better call saul last call for saul oh i got one uh uh uh, what did you guys think about it to me it felt during the episode that they were almost laying it on thick that jimmy or well in some of the flashbacks it's jimmy some of it's saul that he's only interested in money and winning that almost felt out of character a little bit this like unabashed greed you know like if you had like the time machine question oh i would spend mm-hmm. my six million dollars and i'd spend five million on it making a time machine and then i, I, I felt split like that was him 000. believing that money was was the thing he should care about and being instructed in various ways by people with different motivations that maybe there was some that that wasn't the best way to approach things and that's it, informing his decision at the end yeah i think it's also it's a form of denial too because you know post the kim breakup we've seen that he's become very soulless and he really does care all about money so when people ask him about you know what he cares about obviously he's going to go straight to money because he doesn't want to admit to himself that Kim still matters to him. When she was there in his office, he was so like standoffish against her and like, okay, yeah, let's sign this. Let's get this over with. I don't think he wants to let himself feel what he feels about Kim. And that's why he answers with money. Okay. Just a pitch. Just want to put a pin in this one. Just in case one more time, I happen to be right. We see them smoking, hanging out. And then we cut to he's out in the yard. Mm-hmm. Finger guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that what we missed was her saying, put a baby in me. And that's what he's referencing. And Jimmy Jr. is on the way. Really thought you were going to say they were on a spaceship. That one threw me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, it would be even better if that were the case. But, but non-zero, non-zero. Non-zero. Not in zero. a new episode, I, you think they're going to make a nope, nope. six fourteen? I, I, I think no, they no, wait no. sixteen it's, years. It's, we'll never, we'll never. Yeah, we may never realize that part of the story, but it's it's hanging out there. Yeah, yeah. I I, I could definitely see that. I think if nothing else, she's de- she's definitely going to be back to see him. Probably once every six months or something like that. Like that wasn't the last time that Jimmy and Kim are going to see each other. She's off on a right track. He's redeemed himself but that's not the end of them i think i, I think that's what they're saying hopefully mm, i don't know well folks that is better call saul all of it 